Hey, Slate listeners, I'm Christina Cotarucci, the host of Slow Burn, Gaze Against Briggs. I want to tell you about a special event we're doing at the Tribeca Film Festival in New York City on June 13th. To celebrate this new season of Slow Burn and Pride Month, we're hosting an exclusive live taping of the show with special guests, including civil rights activist and Black Lives Matter organizer DeRay McKesson, comedian and singer Esther Fallick, Eric Marcus, the host of Making Gay History, and Sam Fader, director of the Netflix documentary Disclosure, about the depiction of trans people in film and television. We'll dive deeper into this season and talk about the lasting impact of the Briggs Initiative and the continued fight over LGBTQ rights in schools. It'll be the perfect way to celebrate Pride Month this June with LGBTQ stories and voices across generations. Again, that's June 13th at the Tribeca Film Festival in New York. You can get tickets now at TribecaFilm.com slash slow burn. Hope to see you there. To understand what happened with Reddit this week, you need to go back to April. That's when Reddit announced it would, for the first time, charge companies for access to its data. At the time, Reddit CEO Steve Huffman suggested the move was about AI. Big companies were using Reddit's vast trove of data to train their large language models, and that wasn't right. He told the New York Times, quote, We don't need to give all that value to some of the largest companies in the world for free. But Reddit's move didn't just affect the big guys. Also asked to pay up were the smaller developers who make apps built off the site's API, or Application Programming Interface. Essentially, it's the door that allows developers to access the data on Reddit. These apps are all built around the Reddit ecosystem. There's an app called Apollo, for example, that's basically like a better version of the official Reddit app. The developers behind these apps were not happy that something that was once free would now cost money. It's a complaint that resonates with me for sure, having recently been asked to pay for Twitter verification that used to cost me nothing. But this isn't an $8 a month thing. We're talking millions of dollars. Apollo said it couldn't afford to pay and would have to shut down. Third-party clients and applications will now have to pay an astronomical amount of money to continue to operate. Red Planet and Sync will all shut down on June 30th just like Apollo. The bills can be as much as $20 million a year, and these are small, scrappy app developers. Once they heard that Apollo and other apps would shut down, Reddit's very active, very vocal users went into revolt mode. They protested in their Reddit way. They went dark. And essentially that means their uh, communities are are blank. You, You can't post to them or read content or upvote or downvote in most cases. That's Sarah Needleman. She covers Reddit for the Wall Street Journal. On Monday, the site crashed. Reddit said that they were anticipating a technical problem because so many of these communities went dark. They they essentially went private. It looked like it was less than a thousand at first, but then it cropped up to several thousand and some more have uh, joined since Monday. So it's it's not clear how many there are, but there are over 100,000 active communities on Reddit. So maybe uh, a good 10%, maybe more than that have gone dark. So today on the show, what the war between Reddit and its users tells us about the internet today. I'm Emily Peck, filling in for Lizzie O'Leary, and you're listening to What Next TBD, a show about tech, power, and how the future will be determined. Stick around.
This podcast is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Let's face it, sometimes multitasking can be overwhelming. Like when your favorite podcast is playing and the person next to you is talking and your car fan is blasting, all while you're trying to find the perfect parking spot. But then again, sometimes multitasking is easy, like quoting with Progressive Insurance. They do the hard work of comparing rates so you can find a great rate that works for you, even if it's not with them. Give their nifty comparison tool a try, and you might just find getting the rate and coverage you deserve is easy. All you need to do is visit Progressive's website to get a quote with all the coverages you want, like comprehensive and collision coverage or personal injury protection. Then you'll see Progressive's direct rate and their tool will provide options from other companies, all lined up and ready to compare, so it's simple to choose the rate and coverages you like. Press play on comparing auto rates. Quote at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Reboot your credit card with Apple Card, the only credit card designed for iPhone. It gives you up to 3% daily cash back on every purchase. It's real cash that never expires or loses value. Apply for Apple Card in the Wallet app on iPhone. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval. Daily cash is available via Apple Cash Card issued by Green Dot Bank member FDIC or as a statement credit. Terms and more at applecard.com. Since its inception, Reddit's API has been open, free to use by anyone. And that spawned an ecosystem of apps that make the experience of scrolling through Reddit better, including by offering accessibility options, like ones that read text aloud for people who are blind or visually impaired. These apps have fans, users, if you want to use the tech term for people. These are all apps that are meant to be used by Reddit people. Um, It could be by, uh, for example, if disabled folks, um, there's a Reddit app that's meant to help people who are blind hear the content. Mm-hmm. Um, there are uh, many tools that are meant just for the moderators for uh, making sure their communities are safe, just regular moderation tools. Many complain that Reddit has promised to make similar tools, but hasn't stepped up to the plate on that. And so they feel that they have no choice but to rely on these third-party apps. And if some of those apps go away, uh, they feel that the ability to manage their communities will diminish, and certainly they don't like that. So to be clear, these are are Reddit apps, basically, like the kinds of apps many tech companies would just make for their users. Reddit has for years just sort of let people make these apps themselves, like the Apollo app that is sort of at the center of this blackout is basically a Reddit app. Exactly. It's it's a type of Reddit app. And in, in, in that case, that one's used for commercial purposes. Uh, so that is one that eats up a lot of data and that uh, Reddit has signaled as not being a fit for getting free access. It would have to pay going forward. And the creator of Apollo has been very vocal on uh, both Reddit and other social media like Twitter saying uh, that's going to force him to close the app. He can't afford uh, to access the data going forward. But um, it's worth noting that Reddit has said other third-party apps, like the ones that help people with disabilities, for example, would not be expected to pay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's only ones that have commercial purposes and that eat up a ton of data. And that would also include a very interesting crowd. That would include the generative artificial intelligence crowd. So the apps like ChatGPT, those um, eat up a lot of data that's available on the web publicly. I think 
Reddit saw that the AI companies are scraping its community's posts for data that it could use to spit out answers to the queries that their users post, uh-huh. the text prompts that they post. And Reddit has you know, clearly been aware that they're eating up a large amount of that data. Reddit isn't currently profitable, but it wants to be. And most of its revenue comes from ads on the site. So third-party apps that direct eyeballs away from ads on Reddit could be costly for the company. At the same time, if enough subreddits go dark in protest and stay dark, the company could take a hit to its bottom line. We know advertisers can be fickle when it comes to online advertising. They can pull their ads very quickly. Whereas if you have an ad that's coming out in a, a magazine or a television commercial, those you can't just change your mind. I mean, you could, but you would lose a ton of money. Yeah. Um, so uh, the online advertising business is very challenging. And uh, Reddit is said they want to break even next year. And so I think the company sees this as a clear opportunity to generate some revenue. I, I'm not sure they anticipated the uh, amount of backlash they re- have received, uh, but they seem to be... Um, holding steady with this plan. And they do, they do say it affects only 10% of those third-party developers, that the vast majority will still access its API for free. Uh, so we're talking about a, a small subset of developers that are being affected. It just happens that some of them are very, very popular and the uh, developers behind them are not shy about how they feel. Reddit isn't the first social media platform to close off its API. It's hopping on a bandwagon. Businesses that sell ads off of user-generated content are recognizing that content has value, not just to advertisers, and they don't want to hand it out for free anymore. We're seeing uh, Twitter do the same thing. Some other uh, applications out there have also either increased prices or started introducing prices and so uh, for their API um, of, of different magnitudes. I do think it's a good chance that the generative AI boom is what kind of sparked this, but... Uh, it's hard to say for sure, but I definitely think that's played a part in it. And uh, just the fact that these, you know, the economy, the way it is right now, um, the tech sector is hurting. We've seen massive layoffs, including at Reddit. Reddit didn't have massive layoffs. They had, they laid off about 5% of the workforce. Um, But other companies have laid off, you know, tens of thousands of people and, uh, you know, high inflation, rising interest rates, the housing economy, being as lousy as it is, all these factors, uh, the war in Ukraine, these are all things that are making the tech sector um, a little bit shaky these days and putting them in a position of, gee, we really need to come up with other ways to generate revenue and, and become profitable. And and this is uh, one that's kind of right in their face. Right. It's like an easy way to generate revenue and sort of diversify away from advertising, which is much more fickle up and down kind of industry. And and this is stuff they've been giving away for free all this time. And, and you know, a lot of companies don't do that. Um, the nature of Reddit is, is all about democratization. Like the whole concept of it is that you can have these communities of your own and, and volunteer moderators keep tabs on them. I mean, the company does have moderators itself, don't get me wrong. But for the most part, these communities run on, on uh, autopilot or they, they run by the, the people who are creating them in the first place. And that gives them so much autonomy um, that I think they've gotten grown very used to that. And so this is when, when you, when you get something for free for a really long time and then suddenly you meet X to pay for it, um, it can be jarring and, um, can, can just really, uh, not sit well. And, and, uh, for, for those folks who've just become accustomed to a situation and, and suddenly it changes and bam, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, 
Twitter took away my my blue check, Sarah, and they asked me to pay for it. And I, yours too. Okay. And yeah, I'm not paying for it, but I, I didn't, there was no blackout moment for Twitter. So it's interesting that Reddit users can kind of mobilize in a way that other social media sites, maybe their users won't, wouldn't or can't. Right. I, th- I think they can mobilize because they have the control over their communities. They can yeah. turn them private, which is what happened. Turning it private is the same thing as making them dark, essentially. Uh-huh. And so um, they have that ability. I I mean, on Twitter, certainly um, any one user could just stop posting or you know cancel their accounts. Um, but it's not going to have this big uh, effect. And, and the other thing about Reddit is it is... Um, even though these different communities have all their their different narrow focuses, they do unite together broadly. We've seen blackouts before. It's been a while, but they've, they've rallied together before. It's just the way it goes. And so they're used to having that autonomy and will band together if they feel like something's not right. When we come back, Reddit doubles down. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Raise your hand if you are burnt out. If email is something that gives you like a shiver in your spine. You are not alone. I'm Shirley Leung, host of Say More from the Boston Globe. Our new series is Beating Burnout. We'll hear from Cal Newport, Krista Tibbet, and more. We'll talk about breaking bad habits and forming new ones. The cure for burnout is all of us caring for each other. Say more from the Boston Globe. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. It's Opinion Palooza season here at Slate. I'm Dahlia Lithwick, the host of Amicus, Slate's podcast about the courts and the law and the Supreme Court. As this Supreme Court term hurdles towards its close, the justices are handing down decisions that will shape our politics and our lives for years and decades to come. My team and I are putting out analysis of the biggest cases just as quickly as we can bound to our closets and fire up our laptops to speak to you. From presidential immunity to social media content regulation to domestic abusers' gun rights, we will be here unpacking the news for you. Listen to Amicus wherever you get your podcasts. How has Reddit responded to all this? They did uh, what's called an AMA the Friday before the blackout started. Ask me anything. Right, the ask me anything. Uh, The CEO, Steve Huffman, uh, led that one. He explained his reasoning for doing it. He did say that something they need to do, you know, it certainly wasn't done for just fun, but he did say very specifically, Reddit needs to be a self-sustaining business. And to do that, we can no longer subsidize commercial entities that require large scale data use. And he also said that we respect when you and your communities take action to highlight the things you need, including at times going private. So in other words, he's, he's respecting their choice to protest. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as as of now, there hasn't been a clear sign that the company is going to backtrack. Um, between the time that it first announced the API changes or the plan to charge and that AMA, there were some changes like the company didn't very clearly articulate 
who it would be affected and who wouldn't. So at first, many developers assumed it was like a blanket wide change and that everybody would be expected to pay. That's not the case. But at some point, certainly in the AMA, uh, Huffman really kind of nailed down the specifics and explained who would be affected and who wouldn't. And uh, nevertheless, uh, the, the blackout still happened. And here we are. And the the Verge reported Wednesday that um, Huffman sent out a memo to workers at Reddit and, you know, talking about the blackout. And at one point in the memo, he actually warns them not to wear Reddit uh, t-shirts or gear out in public because it's maybe dangerous. You have to keep in mind that there are some really, really passionate people on Reddit. Um, look at what's happened in the past with um, there are certain Donald Trump subreddits that caused a big hubbub. The Wall Street Bets forum also caused a big hubbub um, and uh, a lot of strong opinions. There were some issues with hate speech where the, the company had made some decisions to um, close certain communities uh, around the time of the uh, last uh, election. And so I think his point is that there are some really fervent fans of these communities. And uh, knowing the world, the way the world is today, uh, maybe it's it's a, just a, out of an abundance of caution. There's an extra burn to what Reddit has done here. Because the site's native app has always been pretty bad, they've long relied on and championed third-party developers to make the experience better. Reddit flourished off their labor, but it's now effectively kicking them to the curb without much warning. Meanwhile, Reddit's own app hasn't gotten any better. They've always said that they are working to make the experience for users better, investing in uh, new tools and features all the time, adding video, for example. This is a small company, um, less than 2,000 employees. Uh, Perhaps they just, you know, don't have the manpower to do some of these things, or perhaps they think that they're their app is better. Um, it's, maybe it's a little, bit, a little bit subjective, but that is a constant complaint from moderators as to why Reddit isn't doing more. Why isn't Reddit adding some of their favorite features from these third-party developers or, or picking up on on it and saying, hey, wait a second, you know, something's going on here. Um, and perhaps this blackout will inspire that. Maybe maybe the company will really get going on, on uh, redeveloping its app and adding new features. Um, Sometimes that's what it takes. So Reddit is planning to go public, or at least it said it was planning to go public two years ago. Um, Is this its way of looking better to um, potential shareholders ahead of an IPO? Like, oh, look, we have this, we have a diversified revenue stream now. Um, We're a better bet. And maybe one day we'll make a profit. (laughs) I think that's a fair conclusion to make that um, they are making a statement to potential future investors. Uh, but I also think it's just a step for getting to the point where they can potentially do an IPO. Um, you know, those tech stock valuations have, have slumped right around the time that they made that announcement and haven't really improved a heck of a lot since then. Yeah. Uh, like I said, look at the current state of affairs. It's, it's not very good. So I think the focus is just getting to break even uh, at this point. And uh, I think the, the concern about potential future investors is maybe in the back of their minds, but it's kind of like jumping and putting the horse before the cart kind of situation. It seems like Reddit is part of a a turn away from the free internet, but Reddit kind of defines the free internet. And uh, 
Do, do you think that's that's happening? Like there's new sites now that are either down, free news sites or downsizing or going out of business right now. Um, the ones that do seem to be thriving are subscription, um, you know, like maybe like Puck or something. Um, New York Times is doing well. Of course, the Wall Street Journal subscription. Twitter is now charging for its API and for verification. It seems like there's a big turn away from the free internet. Is Reddit playing a role here too? Like, is it part of this trend? I I'm, I would be a little bit skeptical of that. Only 10% of third-party app developers are the ones who would have to pay. Um, and uh, that's that's a pretty small number. Mm-hmm. And second of all, like that's separate from Reddit itself. Reddit itself is 100% free. I cannot see them charging up subscription um, for access to it. I, I suppose it's possible there could be premium communities that want to charge something and maybe Reddit would take a cut uh, down the line. Uh, it's it's a bit hard to imagine though because it's just so radical. So it's just so radically different from how they've operated all this time. And I think that's why they're doing this. Is it's a small way to generate revenue, um, not from direct users. And it's it's something that other companies are doing too. So it's not like making them seem totally uh, out there and different from the pack. Do you think this whole blackout situation, part of the problem is Reddit basically ceded too much power to its users, like you were saying before. Um, and now with this, they're sort of like trying to take a little bit of it back and it's difficult for them. Exactly. It, it's really hard um, when something's always been free and you want to start charging it. And I think it's particularly diff- difficult for this community to digest because of the large amount of freedom they've had, much more than on so- other social media platforms. So for them, it's like a harder pill to swallow just because they've had so much autonomy uh, for so long. Yeah. It's like with your kids, like if you're too permissive and you allow them to stay up too late and then you have to roll it back, it's really, really hard. But if you never exactly. let them to stay up late, it's fine. Exactly. There, there's that's a, that's a good parallel. It's hard to know exactly how big this week's blackout was. The thing is, Reddit moderators wield enormous power. They create and enforce the rules of their subreddits and monitoring the community can be a full-time job. But it's hard to gauge if this is the action of a whole community or that of a handful of moderators on some of the largest subreddits. There's a a list on Reddit itself of all the participating subreddits that are protesting. And the list is pretty large. It's in the thousands at this point. Um, But again, there's more than 100,000 active communities. So um, you you would need more than a few thousand to really make a serious dent. It would need to be tens of thousands probably to really cause a significant jolt. Um, there's some of the, there's still plenty of other Reddits that are still operating right now. So, you know, you have to take into the context, the, the, the size of the platform overall. Still, lots of subreddits participating in the blackout are large and vocal. There's r slash funny, r slash science, r slash music, and r slash aw, that's A-W-W, a forum for, you guessed it, cute things. Awe is an example. Um, they not only have they protested, but you know, gone dark. But there's a message on their uh, page on Reddit that says uh, that they will remain dark uh, until things are resolved. To I guess their satisfaction, um, and they encourage people to go over to their Discord page. And Discord being in a competing social media platform, that's that's pretty interesting to me. Yeah, so it could be this could be a pivotal moment, and people could actually leave 
leave the community entirely because there are these other options. Dis- there is Discord, which is somewhat similar. Somewhat similar because you have uh, people creating their own communities uh, on there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them are public, but some are private, so they're invite only. But it, it's a similar kind of setup, and they are siloed into these many, many different groups um, around specific topics. A lot of them are around video games, but they that, 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 that platform has expanded greatly, and there's all sorts of topics now that people gravitate towards. Um, I, I mean, it, it's tough to say if, you know, we saw what happened with Twitter. A lot of people uh, said they were going to go over to Mastodon and then Blue Sky um, and Hive and all that. And uh, it looks so far like each of those has gotten a little bit of a bump for a while, but they're they're not going gangbusters. I mean, in this case, the example where I mentioned uh, directing people to Discord. Discord is pretty established and it is pretty big. So uh, that's a little bit different. But whether or not people actually take the time if they don't have a Discord account to go over there and sign up and start using it. Uh, you know, it's hard to say. Um, we have seen people, you know, check out Blue Sky, for example, but the data show that it's not about to take over Twitter anytime soon. So this is sort of maybe an attempt by Reddit to sort of wrestle back some of the self-governance it's allowed its users to have over the years. Um, but in doing that, is there a chance that it's kind of ruining what makes Reddit special in the first place, um, sort of the promise of the free internet, a f- democratic site where the users are in control. I mean, is Reddit's move now like a, like, yeah, a step back from that? It, I, I think it's a small step back. If they were charging access to the API to anyone or to even people's uh, developers trying to access a small amount of data, I could see that being the case, um, but because I've taken a very, very narrow approach, I think it's possible that, that what you're saying is is a bit of an overreach. Mm-hmm. Um, or on the, the other possibility, this this is just the beginning that they're going to, you know, take baby steps and gradually rest back market control, which could have a very negative effect in the long term. Um, of course, the, yeah, the reaction. I mean, clearly the company is aware, and, and and to the point where uh, that you made that uh, Huffman. Uh, allegedly advised, you know, employees to be careful, suggests that they think it's a pretty relatively significant situation. Um, so maybe this reaction will deter the company from doing anything else uh, along these lines, um, because this is in some ways a small potatoes, right? We're talking about third-party developers. We're not talking about a change to the actual Reddit itself. We're not talking about a change to moderators' uh, responsibilities or capabilities, um, we're not talking about any communities being uh, shut down for unfair reasons or suddenly charging users to a subscription fee to access Reddit or anything of that nature. And we're not seeing giant advertisements uh, that are different you know, than the regular ones we see now. It's not being a, a, you know, I, I think it would take a little bit more to, to make that point you're making, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't rule it out either. Sarah, thanks for coming on. My pleasure. Sarah Needleman covers interactive entertainment and social media for The Wall Street Journal. And that's it for our show today. What Next TBD is produced by Evan Campbell and Patrick Fort. Our show is edited by Mia Armstrong-Lopez. Alicia Montgomery is vice president of audio for Slate. TBD is part of the larger What Next family. TBD is also part of Future Tense, a partnership of Slate, Arizona State University, and New America. If you're a fan of the show, I have a request for you. 
become a Slate Plus member. Just head on over to slate.com slash whatnextplus to sign up. We'll be back Sunday with another episode. I'm Emily Peck, filling in for Lizzie O'Leary. And you can catch me on Saturdays over at Slate Money. Thanks for listening. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Dahlia Lithwick, and I'm host of Amicus, Slate's podcast about the law and the U.S. Supreme Court. We are shifting into high gear, coming at you weekly with the context you need to understand the rapidly changing legal landscape. The many trials of Donald J. Trump, judicial ethics, arguments and opinions at SCOTUS. We are tackling the big legal news with clarity and insight every single week. New Amicus episodes every Saturday, wherever you listen.